just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. I hope all the folks that were caught up in the snow and ice storm down south and out east are digging out and headed back to normal. You know, on the show, I get some emails, and every time I get an email, I tend to read it on the podcast. The reason I do that is because I want the listeners to be part of the show. I mean, it's one thing for me to sit here and pontificate for 45, 50 minutes every time, but it's nice to hear from other folks. And I have an email that I'm going to read here very shortly, but I want to talk about another message I got, and it was weird. It wasn't an email. It wasn't TikTok. I believe it was from Instagram. It popped up on my phone. I read it. It caught my attention. And I set it aside because I wanted to read it here on the podcast. (laughs) Well, for whatever reason, it disappeared. I'm not a big fan of Instagram. You know, I get a number of DMs every day on Instagram, but they only tend to be one of three people. The first is very young, scantily clad, very attractive young women, and somehow they have an interest in me. I'm thinking that might be a scam. I don't know. I don't typically respond. Secondly, I get a bunch of people hitting me up trying to sell me crypto. Yeah, I'm going to spend a lot of money with somebody I don't even know. Shut up. And the last one is the most entertaining of all. Occasionally, I'll get somebody write me a note and said, Hey, we'd like to invite you to become a member of the Illuminati. (laughs) They don't know me very well. I wouldn't be a good member of the Illuminati. And somehow, I think that's a scam. So most of the DMs I get on Instagram are, in fact, scams. So I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I do put my TikToks on there so people get a sense of who I am and what I'm saying. And there was a person who listened to one of my TikToks, which was also on one of my Instagrams, and I assume that's where the message came from. Now, as much as I get positive feedback from a lot of people in the emails, this one was not positive. This person was pissed off at me. And that's cool. You know, my hobby is pissing people off, so I'm, I'm down with it. Anyway, they were uh, relenting about uh, my comments about Whoopi Goldberg. You remember the story. She's on her TV show, and uh, she said something like, the Holocaust has nothing to do with race which is absolutely ridiculous. It has everything to do with race. And I kind of uh, dismissed her, and I made some comments about that being a stupid comment and how we've got a lot of wealthy, famous people spewing information, comedians and the like, giving advice on things they know nothing about. They're comedians, for Christ's sake. Why are we even listening to them? But this person was really pissed off about me, in her words or his words. I don't know who it was because I didn't get a chance to read it enough. But I was demeaning or being disrespectful to Whoopi Goldberg. Let me just say up front, I'm a fan of Whoopi Goldberg. I like her as an actor. Uh, 
I like her as a comedian. I think she's very talented. I think she comes off as a very nice lady, very down-to-earth. That said, one of the things I talked about when uh, I was talking about that story is how it's annoying that certain people want to give advice where it's really not their place or they don't know anything about it. But more importantly, what troubled me most is people on the right and people on the left somehow invoking the Holocaust and comparing it to other things or downplaying it or trivializing it. I don't know why that was hard for me to get out. But anyway, and the point was is Whoopi Goldberg didn't need to bring up the Holocaust. This person was mad at me because I didn't understand who Whoopi Goldberg was, that she did, in fact, apologize. And that's great if she did. I don't know. I didn't listen to that part of it. Um, How hard she worked, where she came from, the struggle that she came through. This person said, I knew Whoopi when she was washing dishes. She struggled and worked hard. I don't doubt that she did. I don't doubt that she did. And I don't dislike her for this. I mean, I've been in radio for 40 years, doing the podcast, doing TikToks. Saying stupid things happens to all of us. (laughs) And that doesn't make us bad people. It just means we weren't thinking when we were talking. And I I think that Whoopi Goldberg's a very smart woman. And I think she wishes she could take that back. But I just get tired. People look at this and they know the Holocaust was one of the most horrific, if not the most horrific thing that happened in world history. And somehow they want to use that to balance it against something else or to make an example. And personally, without getting whoopee, um, disrespecting her or doing anything like that, I'm just saying, Don't talk about the Holocaust. What the fuck do you know about the Holocaust? People who suffered through the Holocaust know. And somebody from the outside who knows nothing about it shouldn't even invoke the Holocaust. That's what I'm saying. Now, if you want to be angry with me because you disagree with me, that's fine. Jesus Christ, I've got tons of people that don't like me because they don't like what I say. But the point of the podcast, the point of the TikTok, is to say what I think, knowing that sometimes it's going to piss people off. You may not agree with me, and that's okay. See, that's the problem. There's a lot of people out there that find me not agreeable with what they think, and they get mad. I personally don't care if people don't agree with me. I expect that. I'm not going to argue with you about it because I don't care. So to this person who's angry that I disrespected Whoopi Goldberg, I'm not disrespecting her as a person, as an actor, as a comedian. I appreciate and respect all, all of that with her. I'm just saying what she said was stupid. And it's fine if she apologized for it. But if you were to turn it around and besmirch some other race, it doesn't even have to be black. It could be Asian. It could be white. Somehow I think those people wouldn't think an apology was good enough. And it would kind of paint a different picture of that person. What I'm saying about Whoopi is that what she said was stupid. She should have known better. Nobody 
who wasn't involved in the Holocaust should invoke the Holocaust because they know nothing about it. That's all I'm saying. And if you have a problem with that, that's cool. That's cool. I don't have a problem with you having a problem. All right, let's get to an email that I got. This comes from a gentleman by the name of Bruce L. says, hey, Mike, let me bounce this off you. The Republicans are pro-life and anti-abortion, and yet after the baby is born, they won't lift a finger to help these children. In the Build Back Better bill, there were provisions to help these children's families living in poverty. I know you covered this topic, but can you reconcile the actions of those duplicitous fucking liars? <laughs> I don't understand that. Well, nobody understands them. Look, the whole abortion thing, that's a, that's a tough, that's really a tough topic for me. I don't usually say how I feel about it. You know, prior to being a father, I didn't give a shit about abortions. You want to get abortion, that's fine. Now, then I had kids, and I said, well, how could you do that? But, of course, there's extenuating circumstances. I don't want to see people using abortion as birth control. But there are many circumstances where it makes sense. And then you have the other aspect, that you have women that have rights over their own body. As a man, I'm not going to take that away from them. I don't know if I'm pro-choice or pro-abortion, but it doesn't make a difference. Because, like I talked about with Whoopi in the Holocaust, that's not my call. I was married at 23. I had two kids. Abortion was never an issue. We wanted the kids. But I can't speak for every situation. I think women should have um, control over their own bodies, and they should have their own personal rights. And so I can't argue that. I am concerned about the people that use it as birth control. That is troubling to me. But when you talk about the evangelicals, who pretty much control the Republican Party when it comes to abortion, it's all about a religious thing for them. It's all about control. I mean, you look at religions from way back, that's what they did. They controlled, they shamed people to get them to do the things they wanted to do. Now, the evangelicals believe that in the Bible that abortion is against God. That's fine. That's fine. But there's a lot of things in the Bible that don't really make sense, you know? Um, Sometimes you have to take it for what it's worth. Sometimes you have to interpret it. But these people don't want abortions, and that's well and good. They're entitled to their opinion. But somehow, when these children are born and are struggling, the Republicans, the evangelicals, like uh, Bruce said, don't want to do anything to help them. But it's not just the kids. These people don't want to spend money on anybody in the middle class. And that's why the Build Back Better bill hasn't passed yet. I talked about this in a previous podcast. You know, we had the child tax credit. It pulled 50% of the kids in poverty out of poverty. How can you argue with that? But that's now stopped. Those kids that were pulled out of poverty, I have to assume, are going to be pushed back into poverty. Now, that's not only stupid, that's fucking cruel. And if you talk to the Republicans or the Evangelicals or any of those people, the trump they don't want to help anybody. You go out and work. <laughs> you got a five-year-old kid starving. You're going to have him go out and work, for Christ's sake? 
Now, I'm not for people having kids and not having plans and taking care of them, but there are circumstances when it happens. And if we do anything in this country, we should take care of our children. Because whatever you don't like about why those children are there, they're not responsible for it. They deserve a chance in this life. And if we have to help and give it to them, well, that's the fucking least this country can do for its people. I can't reconcile how they think or how they act because it makes no fucking sense. I will say this, though. Everything the Republicans do, everything the evangelicals do, it's all about what am I getting out of this? What's in it for me? I don't give a fuck about anybody else. I will take from everybody else as long as I'm enriched. It's a selfish attitude. That's what's going on with the Republicans and why they won't help anybody. They're against welfare. They're against taxes, but they'll still send $2 trillion to the rich people and get nothing in return, at least for the the people of this country. They may get their pockets lined by their rich uh, benefactors, but for the country, nothing is gotten in return. These people are... Self-enriching, self-centered, stupid pieces of shit. That's the only answer I can give you. It's not a good answer. I can't even imagine how they think because it's absolutely absurd and it is horrific to allow small children to suffer and struggle just because you don't like welfare. Well, fuck you. Part of the reason we pay taxes is to take care of those people who need to be taken care of. And if you want to talk about the Bible, we can talk about the Bible. The Bible specifically says we need to take care of those people that need help. That's one of the main tenets of the Bible. So for you evangelicals and you Republicans to say, oh, no, we're not giving them welfare, that's absolutely contradictory to the Bible. So please fucking explain that to me. So, Bruce, thanks for the note. I know I didn't really answer your question. And the only reason I didn't answer your question because I don't know the answer. I can just give you whatever I think may be the case. All right, let's get to some news. Mike Pence, former vice president, spoke at uh, an event put on by the Federalist Society. Now, you have to understand what the Federalist Society is. It's an ultra-conservative, MAGA-Trump-humping group. That's who they are. And Mike Pence stood up at the uh, podium, and he did something that nobody really expected. And I'm not sure why as yet. But he said that Donald Trump was wrong. He didn't have the right to overturn the election. That's an interesting uh, choice of word, overturn the election. He didn't say, I didn't have the right to change it and make it right. He basically admitted they were trying to overturn the election, which is contrary to the Constitution. So, Mike Pence threw that out there. But the question I have is, why now? I mean, this insurrection happened over a year ago. He had plenty of opportunities to make his feelings known, but he didn't. He didn't say a word. He won't testify in front of the House Select Committee. He won't say anything. 
I mean, you have to remember that Donald Trump wanted to kill this son of a bitch, and so did all the trump But still, he has some loyalty, and I don't know where that comes from. You have to wonder if uh, Mike Pence came out with these comments thinking he's trying to clean some things up, or he knows that Donald Trump's going down and and Donald can't do anything to him anymore. And he's trying to clean it up and hope against hope that he might be able to run for president in 2024. Well, Mike, let me tell you something. You don't have a fucking chance in hell. Let's be honest. The Democrats don't like you. Nobody on the Democratic side is going to vote for Mike Pence. But the big problem is the Republicans don't like your ass either. They fucking tried to kill you. So if you go to a primary and try to run for president, who's going to vote for you? Not the Democrats, not the Republicans, not the trump And you can bet that Donald Trump will be talking shit about you the whole time. Look, Mike, I think running for president is probably not a good choice. You may want to look to your options. In fact, you may want to slowly fade away, go under the radar, because you were the vice president to Donald Trump, the most criminal president in history. And Donald Trump is going to go down for some of these crimes. It could be feasible that you as the vice president might get caught up in that as well. There's a good chance that neither you or Donald Trump could legally run for president because you may be indicted. I don't know. Mike Pence is probably the biggest weasel I've ever seen in politics. He has no cojones, as they say. He has no courage. In fact, the whole Republican Party is a bunch of cowards. They're bending and bowing to Donald Trump. He's not even a politician. He's not even an elected official right now. He's a civilian. But still, somehow, he controls them. And that's a sad day for the Republicans. Now, at this event, there was something else that I found very interesting. And what I found interesting is that there was another speaker at this event, this ultra-conservative MAGA event, and that was Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. That's interesting. Now, Neil Gorsuch is a conservative on the Supreme Court. He's one of six of them. But hasn't the Supreme Court said, look, man, we're upset about people thinking we're biased or partisan. They don't want that image. They don't want people to believe they're partisan. So Neil Gorsuch goes down and goes to a very partisan event and gives a speech. Well, Neil, let me tell you something. If you're trying to give the image that you're fair and unbiased, this is not the fucking way to do it. Here's the problem with the Supreme Court and why they're concerned about it. If the Supreme Court appears to be partisan, appears to be biased, then the Supreme Court isn't worth a shit, has no credibility, no integrity, and at that point, what's the point of having a Supreme Court? And that's the problem. They're worried about getting that impression and diminishing the power and the authority and the respect given to the Supreme Court. Okay, that's well and good. 
Well, then don't go out and act like you're partisan and biased, like Neil Gorsuch going to this Federalist Society event, which is essentially a bunch of MAGAs. What are we supposed to think? What are we uh, supposed to believe if you're going to these events and speaking? What, you don't make enough money as a Supreme Court justice? You got to do a side hustle and give talks at uh, uh, red meat eating MAGA events? Come on, Gorsuch. You clearly don't care if what the perception of the Supreme Court is. John Roberts, the Chief Justice, certainly does. And I got to think he's not going to be happy that you went and that you got caught going. I got to tell you, I have a lot of troubles with uh, the Supreme Court at this point. It's it's amazing the things that are going on. We've got this situation with the anti-abortion laws in Texas. And the Supreme Court has had three occasions where they could take it down, set it aside until such time they could go to court in the Supreme Court and get it finally decided. But instead they put it off and they say, yeah, you can keep doing what you're doing. If that isn't a sure sign of partisan, uh, is if that isn't a sign of biased, I don't know what it fucking is. They're all worried about how they appear, but they do all these things to make it look like they are partisan. I'm concerned about the Supreme Court. I think the credibility of the Supreme Court has uh, suffered a lot. There's been talks about stacking the Supreme Court. And what that means is the Democrats adding more seats on the Supreme Court. And that actually makes sense to do that. At the time, uh, they put nine people on the Supreme Court. We had far fewer people in this country. With more people in this country, we need more representation, more diversity in our Supreme Court to kind of even things out. I've often said we should have half the court uh, Democrats, half the court Republicans, and let them negotiate it out. That's the fair way to do it. Just because somebody had a majority in the House and the Senate uh, and they get to input their favorite guy, whether they be conservative or liberal, just doesn't seem fair. It takes away from the whole whole, uh, unbiased sense of the Supreme Court. So now you get somebody like Mitch McConnell who tries to game it so Obama can't put in his his choice and then uh, runs the table when Donald Trump's in and slams through anybody they can grab hold of. And now we've got some dumb fucks on the Supreme Court. How, how do you respect um, a court when you've got the judges you do? I mean, you've got some silly fucks on that conservative side. Amy Coney Berry, Brett Kavanaugh, all these guys. You know, it's amazing to me that these people think they can game the situation. We don't want you to think we're bad people, but we're going to continue doing bad shit. It's not right that you think we're a biased court, even though we do a lot of biased shit. Or even though we do a lot of partisan shit. You can't have it both ways. And if you want to protect the integrity of the Supreme Court, you need to fucking do better. You need to do a lot better. 
So consider that. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. All right, I took too long on the first part. I got a lot of stuff to get through, so let's get moving. You'll remember that Representative Jim Jordan couldn't remember if he spoke to Donald Trump on January 6th. He was asked the question, well, you know, I don't know. You know, I talked to Donald Trump a lot, but I don't know if I talked to him on January 6th. I, you know, I don't think he, I did. Oh, and then he said, well, I think he did, but it was after the insurrection. Well, there's no more wondering because the House Select Committee has gotten phone records. And on those phone records, it clearly shows that Jim Jordan did speak to Donald Trump for about 10 minutes on the morning of the insurrection. Hmm. What's even more interesting, later in the afternoon, Jordan took to the House floor to object to the certification of President Joe Biden. Well, that seems coincidental, doesn't it? It's not coincidental. Jim Jordan is a piece of shit. He was part of the planning of this insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. He talked to Donald Trump to assure him that uh, all is going well. We've got this thing dicked. I'm guessing here. I don't know what the conversation was, and neither does the House Select Committee. But here's the interesting thing. Why did Jim Jordan lie about it? Oh, I forgot I talk about talk to the president. How do you forget talking to the president of the United States, for Christ's sake? You didn't want to own up to it because it looked funny. And damned if it doesn't look funny. Later, you object to the certification of Joe Biden as president. We know who you are. We know what you're doing. And we know what you're capable of. And now so does the House Select Committee. So when we get these TV hearings, they're going to expose a lot of shit about Jim Jordan. And Jim Jordan's time in Congress is running short. I firmly believe that we're going to see a number of sitting members of the House of Representatives expelled. I mean, that's really the only thing they can do if they had any part at all in that insurrection. Giving tours, giving advice, giving comfort to these fucks. They have no choice. They have to expel them based on the 14th Amendment. And the uh, House of Representatives, Speaker of the House and all of that, they have the power to do that. Now, they can't necessarily prosecute them. That's something the DOJ will have to do. And it's certainly something they will look at once all is exposed. And the DOJ will probably go after them. But as far as expelling them from the House of Representatives... They do have the power to do that. And I suspect not only because they're Republican, but because we need to solidify the safety of this country by getting treasonist and seditionist out of the fucking elected offices they currently hold. Jim Jordan, I'm going to take a lot of joy and see him getting taken down. He's going to scream like a stuck pig. And I'm going to giggle my fucking ass off. I guarantee you. I can't wait to see that guy taken down. Actually, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, Louis Gohmert, Paul Gozar, all those fuckers. I'll be glad when they're finally exposed and kick the hell out. Well, speaking of the Republicans, I feel like we're at the end of an era. The end of the Republican Party. 
I mean legitimately, the end of the Republican Party. You see, yesterday, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, voted to censure Representative Adam Kinzinger and Representative Liz Cheney. And why? Well, it's because they're on the January 6th committee to investigate the insurrection. You see, what they're suggesting is that that was a lawful political event, that insurrection. It wasn't a big deal, and now these people are persecuting all those people involved in the insurrection. They said these people need to be protecting and supporting the Constitution of the United States. What could be more unconstitutional than committing sedition by committing insurrection, trying to overthrow the country? What could be more against the Constitution than that? But the Republicans are mad at Kinzinger and Cheney for trying to right that wrong, that attack on our Constitution. You know, there's an old phrase about TV shows, and it's called jumping the shark. That's when a show is kind of worn out, it's welcome, and it's on its way out. And if you don't know where that term comes from, I can tell you. I grew up in the right era, so I I remember the show particularly. We had a show in the 70s called Happy Days. It was about the 50s. 50s were really popular in the 70s. Anyway, on this show, they had Fonzie, as you no doubt know, and Fonzie was cool, and the shows were great. It was highly successful for years and years and years. But then toward the end, they got They ran out of stories to tell, and you could see it was taking a toll on the quality of the program. So they were trying to pull one out of their ass, and Fonzie always rode around on a motorcycle. He was a tough guy. He was a daredevil. (laughs) So on this show, what they did is they took a pool, put a shark in it, and Fonzie was going to jump over it with his motorcycle. And they made it out to be a big thing. It was crazy. Everybody's going to watch Fonzie jump over this pool with a shark in it. Well, it was absolutely fucking ridiculous. And that was close to the end of Happy Days. And I think the Republicans, by doing what they did, by censuring Kinzinger and Cheney, have jumped the shark. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. it's amazing that they even did it. What they should have done is just let it go and not done anything. But now they're going to have to eat their words after all is exposed and people are getting expelled and going to the DOJ. What they did is absolutely appalling. What they did is contrary to our Constitution. They got mad at these people because they were trying to do the right thing. The real problem here is they're helping the Democrats, and the Republicans don't want to do anything that helps the Democrats. Hey, what about doing the right thing, dealing with the truth, what's best for this country? That doesn't matter to the Republicans. So they're mad at Kinzinger and Cheney for trying to do the right thing. They are censoring them for the exact opposite of what they are doing. And it's fucking ridiculous. There's going to come a point when these people that censored Kinzinger and Cheney are going to be eating their words. And they're going to look stupid. And they have no foresight because how are you going to talk your way out of that? You can't. It's fucking absolutely ignorant. So they've jumped the shark. 
they pretty much ended it for the Republican Party as we know it. They've committed themselves to being for overturning elections, fair and free elections. They're all about overturning it as long as it goes their way. They are pro-overthrowing the government, undermining democracy. Now, what self-respecting legitimate party could be for insurrection, overturning free and fair elections, overthrowing the government, undermining the democracy in this country? What possible legitimate party could do that? By censoring these people and trying to hide all this information from the insurrection and talking about how it was a a normal political event, how it was just tourist, is absolutely treasonous. It really truly is. Now, whether they'll be charged with treason, I don't know. But at some point when this all gets aired out, people understand exactly what's going on. People are going to go to these folks, these um, Republicans in the House of Representatives, and they're going to say, what the fuck were you thinking? And you know what kind of answer they're going to have? There is no answer. They're going to stand there slack-jawed, acting like idiots. They'll be standing there. I love this phrase. I made this up. See what you think. (laughs) They'll be standing there holding their least impressive endowment. (laughs) Oh, man, that probably wasn't necessary, but uh, that's me. Anyway, so they censor them, and now I don't know if it takes power away from them. It goes on their permanent record. I don't know. I think these two already figured out they are going to be exiled out of the Republican Party. Now, people will say, well, maybe they'll become Democrats. No, they're not. First of all, Kinzinger isn't running for re-election. They changed his district. He's no chance of winning there, so he's not even running. Now, Liz Cheney is running, and I know they think they're going to shut her down and get her kicked out, but I guarantee you, Cheney in Wyoming, that's a big name. That's a powerful name from her dad, Dick Cheney. She's going to get reelected. In fact, we just found out she's raised more money than her closest competitor in Wyoming for her House of Representatives seat. Cheney's going to be there. And it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out because the Republican Party is 90% uh, crazy and Liz Cheney is normal. Now, the f- idea that Liz Cheney would become a Democrat is is unthinkable. It couldn't happen. You see, a lot of Democrats like Liz Cheney because she's doing the right thing. But what you have to understand about Liz Cheney, she is ultra, ultra conservative. If you took a look at what she's voted for, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. For the four years Donald Trump was president of the United States, She voted with Donald Trump like 93% of the time. I don't care how conservative of a Democrat you might be. You're not going to be in the same mindset with Liz Cheney. I respect her doing the right thing, standing up and not caring about all these other people and what they're going to do to her. The censure is a bad thing. But it's like a slap on the wrist. It really doesn't do much. Now, I suppose they could strip her of all her committee assignments, 
which would be ridiculous, but it wouldn't surprise me if they tried it. But she's already in so much trouble with the Republican Party, there's not much they can do to her. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'm thinking um, Liz Cheney is looking at the long game, understanding that the way the Republican Party is now, it can't last after all is exposed and uh, people are dealt with pro- appropriately. She's maybe hoping against hope that somehow she can start to rebuild the Republican Party as it was. And if she can do that, then she'll be the leader of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives. Whether that will work out that way or not, I have no idea. I don't care because I don't like the ultra-conservative Republicans. And that's what Liz Cheney is. So don't get bought into that she's a wonderful lady and I might vote for her next year. You don't want to do that if you're a Democrat or a liberal because she is the exact opposite of you. She's doing the right thing. Respect her for that. But don't get sucked in and think she's a great candidate because if you're a liberal, she is not a great candidate. Not at all. So the Republican Party as we know it is gone. I don't know if we call it uh, the Trump Party, Trump Lafux, whatever you call it. But these people now, this Republican Party, the basis, the platform for the Republican Party is racist, white supremacist, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, liars, cheaters, stealers, people that would overturn elections just so they can win and maintain power, people that would try to undermine democracy and overthrow our government. That's who they are. They're more authoritarian than they are Republican. Now, the Republicans in the past have been hardcore and very conservative, but nothing like this. This is no longer a legitimate party. And so the Republican Party, as we know it, has been fading fast. But with this censorship of Kinzinger and Cheney, that is the end of the Republican Party. They have owned up as to who they are, what they believe, And uh, it is fucking frightening to think that they may have some power at some point, because if that happens again, this country is in extreme danger. Our way of life is in extreme danger. And you need to know that. That's why it's absolutely crucial that whatever turnout we had in 2020, which was unprecedented, more people voted for Joe Biden than any other presidential candidate in history. We need it to be that strong in 2022 in order to keep this country safe, keep the Republicans at bay in the Senate and the House. Without that, we're done as a country. And I hate to say that, but it's absolutely fucking true. So, I'm sure Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger aren't losing any sleep about being censured. I think the real group that is going to suffer because of this action is the Republicans, because they are going to fucking eat their words. There's no question about it. Now, you know, everybody was concerned about the January 6th jobs report. They said it was going to be bad. They say it said it might be the worst jobs report in history. Republicans and Trumplicans They were excited. They couldn't wait to hear the bad news. And then you had the Fox News morning idiots. They were absolutely giddy on their show. They were on the air 
like a half hour before it was to be released. And they were absolutely giddy, knowing that this report would be bad. Oh, what's Joe Biden going to do once this horrible jobs report come out? How's that going to look on his polls? How's that going to affect his economy? Oh, they were so sure, and they were so excited. What's weird is I can understand them wanting something bad to happen to Joe Biden. But they were absolutely excited and hopeful that this this was bad news. But if we got this bad news, that might mean two, three hundred thousand dollars. I'm sorry, two or three hundred thousand people were out of work. That's funny. But that's how Fox News and the Republicans think. They don't care as long as they can own the Democrats. They can own Joe Biden. They'll throw average people, the middle class, to the wolves if it means they can beat the Democrats. That's fucking absolutely appalling. And another thing I'm getting very tired of with the Republicans, they keep trying to sell the fact that the economy under Joe Biden is bad. That is simply not true. Now, of course, I get that information based on facts and numbers. And I know with Republicans and Trumplicans, they don't like facts and numbers. But let me give you some numbers. Let's talk about jobs. Now, Joe Biden, since he entered office over a year, just over a year ago, he's created 6.6 million jobs. This January jobs report that everybody thought was bad, guess what? It was 467,000 new jobs. All these people hoping for the worst, thinking it was going to be terrible. They've got egg on their face right now. They look fucking stupid. I wonder if they're laughing now. Well, I tell you what, a lot of us are laughing at them for being so stupid. They were wrong by a long shot. And you know what's funny? As good a news as this is, I bet you don't see it reported on Fox. They don't like being wrong, and they don't like seeing the Democrats or Joe Biden won. But I tell you what, that 460,000 jobs that uh, were created last month is fucking amazing. I mean, it truly is amazing. And it's amazing when you think how it compares to Donald Trump. Maybe something you didn't know. Donald Trump is the only president in history to lose jobs in his four-year term. Yeah, there were more jobs when he entered office than when he left office. He went negative on fucking jobs. So they always talk about all the jobs that Donald Trump brought. He didn't bring shit. He cost us jobs. Joe Biden, in one year, not four, one year, got a 6.6 million jobs. Donald Trump loved talking about the stock market. Oh, it's the greatest stock market in history. But here's the real facts. Donald Trump's run in the stock market was okay, but it was not world-beating. It wasn't uh, historic. It wasn't world-record-making, like he said. And the fact of the matter is, Joe Biden, under Joe Biden, the stock market has increased to larger proportions, faster than anything Donald Trump did in four years. I mean, they're breaking records with the stock market, but you don't hear 
uh, Joe Biden or the Democrats saying, we broke another record. And you know why? Well, because Joe Biden and the Democrats aren't pathetic like the Republicans. Joe Biden kicked Donald Trump's ass in terms of the stock market. Now, they will say now that, well, you know, the stock market isn't really handled by the president. It's all cyclical. And they're right. And I told them that for four years when Donald Trump was bragging about the stock market. They didn't listen. It's all Donald Trump. It's, it's, it's his work, and he deserves credit for it. Okay, if that's how the rules are, then you have to offer the same rules to Joe Biden. Yes, it is cyclical. And I don't know that the president has much impact on the stock market. But if you look at it, Donald Trump took a shit. Joe Biden's going great guns. But if you want to talk about the economy, let's talk about the GDP. Now, Donald Trump was all excited about the GDP, and the highest GDP he had was 3%, and he was going crazy. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. But you want to know what Joe Biden's GDP is cumulatively for the year? 5.7%, almost double Donald Trump's best years. So don't tell me Joe Biden has a worse, worse economy. He doesn't. Actually, Joe Biden has one of the best economies uh, a president in their first year has ever, ever fucking seen. It's amazing. Still people crying about, what about inflation? Well, our economy is fucking incredible. Nobody's seen anything like it. And that's not just a phrase I'm stealing from Donald Trump. Actually, it is that good. And with 467,000 jobs last, last month, oh, that put these trump and Fox News in their place. And, of course, they open their mouth and they always fuck up and they always look stupid. So go ahead. Keep going. We love it when you look stupid. Here's another story I wanted to talk about, and uh, it's kind of upsetting for me because it's in my hometown where I was born and grew up. The Minneapolis Police Department did it again. Now, you'd think they'd learn something after all they've been through. You'd think they'd learn a lesson. But here's the scenario. The St. Paul Police Department, one of the Twin Cities, was investigating a homicide. Now, what they needed to do was uh, uh, serve a search warrant at a house or an apartment building in Minneapolis. So what they needed to do was call up the Minneapolis Police Department and say, here's the deal, we're investing, investigating a homicide, but the place is in Minneapolis, so we need you to go and follow through with this search warrant. Well, what the Minneapolis Police Department said, yeah, we're not going to do that unless it's a no-knock search warrant. Well, the St. Paul police didn't think that was necessary, but they needed it done. So they said, okay, it's a no-knock search warrant. So the Minneapolis Police Department heads over to this apartment building in Minneapolis, goes up to the apartment, has a key somehow, probably from the manager, opens the door, walks in. There's a man essentially sleeping on the couch. He's wrapped up in a blanket. His name is Amir Locke. Now, all of a sudden, somebody breaks into his apartment. This is starting to sound like Breonna Taylor, isn't it? Well, he's sitting there, um, and he immediately grabs for a gun. He owns a gun. 
turns out he's fully licensed to own that gun. He's in an apartment. I don't believe it's his apartment. Uh, but he's in an apartment sleeping, and he has a gun. Somebody breaks in. It's all kinds of chaos. He grabs the gun. The moment that the police see the gun, they shoot and kill him. Now, the police officer that shot him said, well, he was pointing the gun at me. But what he forgot to uh, remember was that there were the um, chess cams. There's full video of this whole event up to the point where this gentleman was shot and killed by the police. Now, in this video, you can clearly see the gun. The man did have the gun in his hand, but somebody just broke in his fucking house. And they didn't announce who they were. It was a no-knock search warrant. You could see in the video he had the gun, but it was pointed down. He was grabbing the gun, still half awake and still trying to decide what he needed to do. But I don't think he even saw the people as yet. The gun was pointed down to the ground. The video very clearly depicts that. But this cop says he was pointing at me and I had to shoot him. Now, the problem is, is the Minneapolis Police Department has many police officers that are flat-out incompetent. I don't even know that this was a race issue, but maybe it was. I think these people are so cowardice, have so much cowardice, that they go in and any time th something looks a little sketchy, they just start shooting. And people end up dead. We got George Floyd. We got the people that have died in Minnesota being shot by police officers who are completely innocent. Now, I don't know what uh, this particular person's background, if he has a record or whatever. And people will always say that, well, he's a bad guy. He did bad things. He deserved it. No, that's not true. Even if he had a record, even if he'd spent time in jail, and I don't know that he has, I don't think that he has, but even if that were the case, that doesn't give the right to the police to come out, be judge and jury and executioner on the spot. We don't want police departments doing that, because as much as they might do that to people of color, they're going to be doing some fucked up shit to white people, Asian people, Native American people. This is a mentality. This is a culture in this police department. And it goes on and on and on. This is nothing new. <clears throat> I've told this story before. I've said that uh, I grew up in South Minneapolis. Now, I was a white kid in Minneapolis. I didn't get in trouble much, but we had parties and, and we had little things we did that may be on the edge of being illegal. But... In my neighborhood, it wasn't a bad neighborhood, but we had our share of bad actors, kids our age or a little older, that uh, lived in the neighborhood. And some of them got into some shit, drugs, robberies, car thefts, things like that. Now, back in the day in the 70s, when we dealt with the police departments on those occasions, people referred to the Minneapolis Police Department as the Goon Squad. And the reason they called them the Goon Squad is because it was common knowledge now, it never happened to me, but I know people it's happened to, too, and I've seen them in the aftermath. What the Minneapolis Police Department would do with a lot of kids, kids under age or uh, maybe on the edge of being adults, the younger set, if you will, if they caught them doing something, first of all, if they caught you with alcohol or drugs in the car, they would arrest you and they would confiscate the beer, the liquor, 
the pot, whatever they had. Now, I had a close friend who was a cop, whose dad was a cop, and we'd go over to his house, and much of that contraband would end up in their possession, in their house, in their cars. They'd drink the beer, smoke the pot, and that is highly illegal. I know that happened because I know at least one cop who did it. Now, I like this guy, and uh, <clears throat> he saved me a lot of trouble by knowing him. But that's this white privilege I have and the privilege of knowing somebody who's on the force. But what these police officers would typically do with uh, younger people that got in trouble, they didn't want to waste the time in charging them and going through all the paperwork. So what they would do is they grab these kids up, bring them down to the river bottoms where we had our parties frequently because it was well hidden, and they'd beat the shit out of the kid. And people will say, that never really happened. That fucking absolutely happened. I have close friends that happened to. I saw them after it was done. They were clearly beaten badly. And the only person that could have done it was the police because had it been somebody else amongst our group or in our neighborhood, we would have all known about it. So it did happen. The Minneapolis Police Department has had a bad reputation for decades, certainly since I was young. And the way they treat people. Now, now people will say to me, not all cops are like that. And I'll agree, they aren't all like that. But if there are a few like that, and the rest that are good, and they don't say anything, well, they're just as culpable. So this situation, where this young man was killed, there's two other factors to this that you haven't heard yet. He did have a gun. It wasn't pointed at anybody. They shot and killed him. Turns out this man was not the target of the search warrant. He had nothing to do with the situation. He wasn't involved at all. And in fact, they broke into or walked into the wrong apartment. See what I mean? It's kind of like this Breonna Taylor thing. The thing that these cops got off with shooting a perfectly innocent young woman, a nurse. She happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and they start shooting all over the place. She ends up dead. And this poor kid, Amir Locke, is just sleeping on the couch. Next thing you know, you got a bunch of cops. You don't know what you're dealing with. You grab for your gun that you legally own and are licensed for, and you get shot there right in your own apartment. When is this shit going to end? It's got to end sometime soon. But it doesn't seem like it's going to. You would think all that had gone on with George Floyd and some of the other incidents around here that people would learn a lesson. They wouldn't be so quick to pull the trigger and kill just anybody because you might be scared or incompetent. If nothing else, the police department, the administration should do something to stop this. This is costing the Minneapolis Police Department a lot of money, money that they don't have, money that could be spent on protecting us. But instead, they fuck around and they kill innocent people. This story upsets me more than anything, and there's going to be a lot more to it. I don't know if there will be riots over it. I don't know what the lawsuits will be and the trials and uh, the convictions, if they are. I mean, we know what happened with Derek Chauvin, and this could very well be another Derek Chauvin type of thing. It's a different instance. This person was shot, not murdered in the street on video, but this person was murdered on video in an apartment. And so it's going to be another mess. 
And it's sad to see, especially in my own hometown. I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of people being at risk for just living because police officers can't handle their position and think they control everything. These police officers think they are in charge of everything, and they are not. They are public servants. So instead of killing people, how about serving some people? All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer Podcast. want to thank you very much for uh, spending the time to listen. For the person who thinks I'm disrespecting Whoopi Goldberg, let me just say, I love Whoopi Goldberg. I think she's extremely talented. I'll always watch something she's on, except those daytime talk shows. Fucking hate those things. But when you say something stupid, you have to uh, be held accountable for it. And she did say something stupid. I don't care if she apologized later. She had no business doing that. And she's smart enough and been in the business long enough to know better. It was stupid. All right. We'll wrap things up. I hope you have a great day. And I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.